Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. The right shoes can take an outfit from good to great, like Allbirds All-New Courier, a shoe with a classic silhouette for everyday style, timeless comfort, and supreme versatility. And at the Allbirds Innovation Lab, they're doing all the sciencey stuff like research and testing to create shoes from natural, sustainable materials, so you can look good while doing good. Everyday comfort delivered. Allbirds All-New Courier. Elevate your supernatural style at allbirds.com today and use code FRESHSOCKS for free socks with your purchase. Jonathan Pierce. Eric Cantona has jumped in and seen a kung fu kick. A fan. Terry Alderton. Do you like shoes, madam? And friends. <laughs> <laughs> JP. The mad side of genius. And T. Good to meet you, love. The football friendly. Welcome everyone to JP and T, the Football Friendly, Mr. Terry Alderton. What sort of a weekend have you had? What sort of a week? Uh, well, well, yes, yeah, because we're on Friday today, aren't we? So it's not a Monday one. So uh, yeah, I've actually been out gigging. Can you believe that? I've actually been out doing, uh, actually back, back on the tools. Look at me. I just found, basically, the honest truth is my 16-year-old son, he's obviously now 16, uh, he's at that age now where he wants to just smash himself into the wall, as you do as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> You're that a certain age. He's uh, the code word is uh, I'm going to go and have a lay down by the sounds of things. So dad ain't wanted no more. So I decided, why don't I go out and do a few gigs? Do you know what I mean? So I, I popped out and did a few of those. But um, what, what a what a week of football and what a, what a, what a, through all the leagues and even uh, Hollywood superstars coming up now into uh, professional football. Yeah, it's a pretty as my team looks like it's going to go out of business well, they, again. Yeah, Southend have got another winding up order against them, haven't they? Yep. Yep. But, um, yeah, uh, look, I was at Brighton Hove Albion last night. Late drama against Manchester United. 
brilliant atmosphere. They thoroughly deserved it. Got them back on course for Europe. And I was there at the weekend as well when they thrashed Wolves. And then I did two games on the Sunday with Fulham Manchester City. And uh, and then I, I did a game in France for, for BT. The French story of the week is that Messi's finished at PSG. He's leaving yes, in see. the summer. He's, he's leaving in the summer. Uh, where he goes is a different matter. He think he, I think he wants a, another European club so that he can have a pop at Ronaldo's appearance in goal scoring record in the Champions League. Can't see anyone, though, being able to yeah, afford who's, him. Who's gonna, well, yeah, exactly. But if he really, really, really wants to come and play, then surely it's the Premier League is where he has to come to. And secondly... They won't be able to afford him, sorry. Well, yeah, but he's too old to say he's not going to afford him. He's, well, how old is he? I don't now? think he wants to come to the Premier League either, but um, he, well, he, could, I think he's... He couldn't sad. do it. He couldn't do it, Jonathan. Saudi Arabia or, or MSL for him. But what a sad way for him to end. And they banned him now from PSG because he's gone out on a promotional tour to Saudi Arabia. And on it. Oh. it's all. I've watched him loads of times this season. He's brilliant. I'll tell you what, some would probably have a better idea about Messi's contribution to the game oh, in 2023 yeah. as our special guest today, Mr. Pat Nevin. Thank you very much Can't for joining it. us. Can't believe it. It's great. What a fabulous, subtle link that was. You've been doing this a little <laughs> while, JP. That's great. You didn't even mention tiny footballers, although no. you were tempted to. In that line. Quality, <laughs> mate. Quality. I was just thinking, hey, I know, right, this is sacrilege, okay? I don't think Messi would manage in the Premier League. Right. I honestly don't. Just the pace of it. He, he stands. We've all been to see games at the World Cup. I was at quite a few Argentina games in Qatar. And um, he just stood. He didn't run about. Like, But then was brilliant for one minute. There's not many teams can do that anymore, as Manchester United found out with Ronaldo. So uh, anyway, yes, answer to that question. Other question. Good to be here, lads. <laughs> ah, lovely to have you, Pat, as well. A great answer to the question as well. Yeah, and uh, I just, I agree with you. I mean, I speak so many times to, to players who have played in the top flight of English football, as you have yourself, uh, many times. And we always say, why is the Premiership so much harder? And it just seems that it's it, it's the pace. That's what everyone always mentions, it's the pace. Was it the same as well when you were playing, as they now call it the old top flight? You know? um, it, was, it was fast, but, you know, it, it was harder to be as fast then. Because you're a lot of the time for periods of the game, you're or periods of the season, you're playing the potato field um, that had been churned mm. up by a bunch of chieftain tanks just before it. So, you know, it was hard to play fast running football with Tikka Taka because mm. it was bloody impossible. Yeah. Uh, but it was, you know, the game does get quicker. Um, but the technical sides of it sometimes adapts, sometimes goes back to things before. And I find it very interesting that whole concept of when you played or when other people played and there's nothing more boring than saying the phrase it was better in my day that is, is the fact officially it should be banned from the english language <laughs> yeah. but in many many ways a lot of the things that come in now if you've been in the game long enough you know what it's like terry i know you played a wee bit deeper than me yeah, very yeah. much deeper than me <laughs> yeah yeah a lot 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 <laughs> deeper, yeah. possibly play um, but maybe the, the keeper thing, that's the one area where it, it has massively changed. You know, oh, goalkeepers, things. without a doubt, goalkeepers. I mean, even in the last 10 years, again, I think Schmeichel was a was an opening to that, wasn't he? I mean, because this, this sort of the starfish thing that he brought as a goalkeeper. And then now just the athleticism. Uh, look at the also, having the, the ability to play football. Well, oh yes, oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh yes, totally. I get what you're saying. Sorry, I, I, you misled. But just going back on that as well, 
if you look at things like Ramsdale, some of the saves he makes, and and Pickford as well. I mean, they're just like they're inhuman. You know, in our day, it would have been, and you might remember this when we were playing football. It'd be like a pigs in space. You know, when you'd be the keepers just flying at everything. Yeah. But, but, but you're right was, about they can play football as well now. Yeah, I, I think great, he was. I, I think Schmeichel. I'm often asked, you know, who's the most significant player that's ever signed in the, in the Premier League. And people go, Cantona, this player, that player, Thierry Henry. Dennis, I say Schmeichel. Oh, yeah, the most significant a, signing ever oh, yeah, in the yeah. history of the Premier League because without him, Man- Manchester United hadn't had a decent goalkeeper for years. With Peter Schmeichel, they dominated the Premier League and it changed the face of football in this yeah. country, the fact that Manchester United's domination. So that I, I don't know whether either of you agree with that, but uh, that's what I, I, I think he was certainly a pioneer. And then we're talking about goalkeepers with feet. It was the little, it was their little fab, uh, the fab, 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 the little bald um, keeper they had. The French one, Barthez. Bartes, yes. I mean, he, he always wanted to play out on the pitch, didn't he? he? Kept going, can I play out? Can I play out? So They were, they were, they were there, they just weren't allowed to do it in those days. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about Pat Nevin, shall we, Jonathan? Yes, before we do talk about Pat Nevin's background and how he started, which is, if you if you read the actual end of football, uh, his, book, his, first, his second book, actually, then it, it's all in there. We'll go on to that in a second. But before we go, Pat, I can't, I, I have to be horrible with you right now. Oh. Two of your former clubs, Chelsea and Everton Football Club. What on earth's going on? What a disastrous oh, yeah, state point. of affairs for both. I know you're still <laughs> linked with Chelsea, so it might be a bit difficult for you, but no, what it's a not. mess. What a mess. It's not, it's not difficult. Um, do, you know, do you know when you, you watch what's happening to Wrexham and then you look at Ted Lasso and then you look at Chelsea and you think, there's a link here somewhere? It's a kind of American <laughs> out of nowhere yeah. kind of time we do it kind of thing. Um, now, the Chelsea one and the Everton one are quite... Um, almost the Everton one, I would say, is a warning to Chelsea of what can happen and what might happen if you're not careful. Because Everton, remember, is it half a billion they spent when um, Mashiri came in? And, and it's not been spent well. They had this habit in the early days of Mashiri's time of uh, getting a, a new number 10 every every two weeks. Um, but not getting rid of the previous one. So they had about nine of them. So they had no balance in the squad. And if, it is this thing of see if you come in to football, um, a lot of businessmen seem to, it appears from the outside, come in and feel as if, oh yeah, this can't be that difficult. And it, it is. And the knowledge and experience from within the game, that doesn't have to be followed because disruptors are fine. But you need to listen to see if there's anything to learn. And certainly... Everton are now in a position where it's difficult or actually impossible to spend their way out of it, whether they want to or not. So, and back on their football field with Everton, they've just not got enough good players. It's not complicated. It's, it's not the manager. They went through millions of managers. They've just not been able to, over a period of time, develop it in a coherent way. And you watch Chelsea now, and it's almost like, oh, careful now. There's that big precipice that Everton have just ran down or down their skis as if it's going off a ski jump be really really careful now Chelsea because there's two ways to go now you can actually step off that and go right up let's be sensible or you can keep on going that way Um, so very very concerned about Everton I mean they might survive again but so what happens next year it looks very very similar doesn't it so they're really concerned in times on the other hand there is another part of me JP, um, Terry, and a lot of football fans out there that think you ain't got no God-given right to get to have this, to have mm. this success. 
And there's a wee part of me, just a wee part of me that thanks to some the Chelsea fans, which all the Premier Clubs are chasing just now around the world, thinking if some if Chelsea had a bad few periods, a few years, we would find out if those fans that they've been chasing are worth chasing because they might disappear. <laughs> and I'm I'm like a real old school football fan. I'm like, yeah, I'm all right with that. <laughs> and yeah. you get the real fans back. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, I, when I watch the kids come through as well at these clubs and I think I think of their background, I wonder how hungry they are, some of them, because, you know, again, if you read your book, Pat, you, you talk about the influence your dad had on you as a coach and, uh, you know, the fact that he didn't badger you into it, but you, you could do these 10,000 keepy-ups when you were a little boy and, you know, and, and, and you had it hard. You had it hard. You had a hard upbringing and, and, you know, so it was there, that sort of hunger to play football. And I just wonder whether or not they, they well, still the, the have other that. thing, the other thing, just quickly to add to that, is uh, in the book, which is great, by the way, is the fact that <laughs> you've got running battles with kids on the States just fighting each other and then you've, you've got to stop, the referee has to stop the game while there are these pitch battles with swords and baseball yeah. bats. <laughs> Uh, and, and of course, now it's, that's okay. That's that's kind of normal in East End of Glasgow. But I was growing up, you know, the pitch. I mean, I mean, there were like sometimes it felt like hundreds of these two gangs, and sometimes three gangs would come and fight, and we'd try to play football on a, on a pitch, a football pitch with strips on, you know, organised game. And referee would just stop, and we'd all go, "Oh, here they come again!" And they fly across, and it was it's the things that were carrying. Golf clubs were very popular. You know, and eight irons always a found that always a good club to attack somebody with. Um, but you're right, baseball bats. I mean, that's a classic one. A Scottish comedian recently said that it's amazing. You, you open up a baseball, um, a, a sports shop in Easterhouse, and uh, they'll sell 400 baseball bats, but no balls. It's a bit like that. But JP said it was hard, and and, and yeah, it was different then, but. Hardened, I loved it. I loved growing up in the kind of rough end of, of Glasgow with an art family who had a very different attitude and wanted to be educated and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I'd love to go back to JP's point about hunger. I think that is the biggest problem in the, the growth of good young players in England today. I honestly think it's the biggest problem above everything else. And, you know, there are other problems. There's people in your way. It's the World League. If you want a good player, just go and get one from Argentina's World Cup squad or whatever, right? The biggest problems, you come through and the expectation is, oh, yeah, this is easy. This is okay. I'm on 25, 30, 50 grand a week. How on earth would any, I'm not saying any, but very few people can stay hungry when you're a multimillionaire? By the time you're 18, 19, mm, it's, mm. it's kind of human nature. And that is the to get into the psyche of that, I actually think is one of the most difficult things because there's enough players out there that are good enough that I see coming through, but they're, they're not tigerishly fighting the way they should do in some cases. Mm. And that was uh, we, we were talking uh, to um, Paul, uh, Paul Barber at uh, Brighton, and he, he was saying how they, they fish in ponds that no one else is fishing in, if you like. Uh -huh. And uh, that that's the thing when he when he brought in uh, Matoma. I know can never say his name. Matoma. Excuse me, Matoma. He's obviously hungry. He's he's playing in in, in his league, and and all of a sudden a Premier League club come along. And go, do you want to come and play? And then you see he's 
so hungry for it, isn't he? So maybe it's something that's being bred into uh, the Premier League uh, academies and stuff. Maybe that's what it is. Because in the back in the day, we got we got old pros on here, of course, uh, Pat, and like yourself, and the, they can chat, they can talk. A lot of young players, they do that. They just do that. F- yeah, you know, they got that. Headphones like on. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, yeah. Uh, I mean, they always go. They always go. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, just, actually, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's no, no, no. There isn't. But my point. My, just make a point there. What my point is is it's it's um. It's like it's like an entitlement. That's what I'm getting at. The way they talk to like Jonathan, go, "Oh, it was a good game. He's lively," and they're like, "Yeah, yeah. Well, you know." I'm not saying they've got to have personalities. I'm not saying that that, that that's not what I'm getting. At. I'm I'm kind of going on the same tip as you about hunger and desire. There are the few. Declan Rice, of course, brilliant player, and he's a great auditor. Auditor, sorry, <laughs> ironic. Good, good auditor. <laughs> SMP need one of them apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but he is. He can speak, and you know. So there are that. But and he's also hungry. But I see what you're saying, and I think it. What I'm getting at is sometimes it comes through in that personality of like, like you say, headphones on. You're not even playing again, mate. Yeah. You know, you can call in the tunnel. Yeah, I can't dig anyone up when headphones. I mean. I had to wear headphones all through my career because the music the players were playing, I couldn't stand. Like so, right, and right. I, actually, more yeah. importantly, they couldn't stand my music. Yeah, they didn't want Ramnor playing. playing. <laughs> um, but one of, one of the things, a cool thing, is a hey, I'm a bit cool. Yeah, that's your style. I've nothing against it. But you're no. right; it's that entitlement thing. Um, right. And if we can possibly get the players beyond that, and the thing that will stop them being there was a thing recently with the Leeds United players. Um, they didn't stop to sign autographs or even acknowledge the people who were waiting them for them between the coach and the, um, the, their hotel rooms. It's a 20-second walk, and there's a bunch of people waiting an hour there. At least acknowledge. Now, yeah. the kid, one of the kids that was on, I talked to him, and he said, oh, oh actually, the, most of them were really nice, and the camera angle didn't show it well and all that sort of stuff. But let's be honest, we've all been there. JP, you have seen it time and again. Players walk off the coach. I, I see it at Newcastle. It's really obvious there. Well, the coach stops at the A team and there's, there's 400 people waiting there. They're all screaming, screaming. Head down, phone. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking, I have never done that in my life. If I can't, if I'm in a hurry or if I'm zoned, it's fine. You turn around and you say, hi, hi, hi. It's just common manners. Do it right, so and I, and I don't. I'm not an old fart saying these things. That's just common decency, man. Do it right. Mm-hmm. So that takes away that entitlement. But to go back to your point about all the players you get from around the world, if you get two similar players to get exactly the same abilities, right, and one of them comes from the barrios of Brazil, and one of them has been brought through the academy system with all the best pictures, with all the best kit and everything. And then they're through, and you have to choose one of them after training. You're almost certainly going to go for the Brazilian or the Argentinian because he's going to have fight. He's going to he's going to scrape and punch, and because he'll have that inbuilt in him. If we put to him the same player, he'll have that extra inbuilt hunger, and that's what you. The the, the upsides of the academy system are great, technical wise. The downsides are you lose that. And I, I was watching the game the other night. No names, no pack drill on this one. But I promise you, there was a player playing, and had he been playing in my time, one of our players would have gotten by the throat, up against the wall, and hit him. He was mm. not trying. And that would never, ever, ever, ever 
have happened when I that, that's a good point do you think that they don't dig each other out some, and they do because sometimes you see them around like oh, uh, what was it the other day was it Man United they were shouting at each other but yeah, that's a good, really good point. That they because, don't, Terry. They don't. I, I was no, right. because no. I remember that someone would be going like that. Get your, you know, that you, you have a row with each other. Well, you know, you, you, you know, tell. It, I mean, if a, if a striker if a striker's missed three or four chances and is, isn't trying a leg, his defenders would let him know for a start. And um, and there would be. I mean, you know, uh, uh, there's a famous tailor. Um, uh, very famous footballer played for West Ham United. They played at Luton Town in a in a League Cup tie. He was told to walk one of the Steen boys. Uh, he didn't, and the, the Steen boys scored a hat trick in that game. And another famous England international put the aforementioned culprit up against the wall in the tunnel as they were going off, and the referees come up and was just told by the rest of the West Ham players to leave it because he was making his point. You know, the boy had left, had left his the man he was marking alone for three goals, and mm. you don't see that anymore. You don't see that anymore. Well, the other thing, just to refer back to, um, you know, you're talking about players not saying things. They're frightened because they. A lot of them can. A lot of them. You talk away from football to them, and they they are erudite, but they're frightened because they they've got this media machine around them where they're not allowed to mm, talk. So yeah, there true. are good. And I remember, you know, one of the most extraordinary things I heard back in the day was from Pat Nevin, and uh, it was when the racism was very very bad, and uh, no 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 football would talk about it. Again, maybe they back in the day they were frightened. I don't know. But there's a player called Paul Canaville at Chelsea Football Club and he used to get dogs abuse. Horrible. And I remember you sticking up for him, Pat, uh, publicly. And um, and I remember thinking at the time, that was what, 86, 87, something like that? Before and I remember that, thinking, 84. 84. I remember thinking, wow. Um, wow, this is, this, is, this is an interesting man. <laughs> I was a campaigner uh, for anti-racism stuff when I was uh, doing my degree before I became a footballer. So... You know, and I'd be the, you know, going all the anti-apartheid matches and things like that. So yeah, I was quite radical. I'm Glaswegian, for goodness' sake. That's what we're like. Um, so when I came down, I just couldn't understand why no one was speaking out. And and there's a bit of a, I try to be understanding of people and see their point of view. And for players, it was very much a kind of, well, it's not the done thing. There was casual racism everywhere around about that time. You know, you turned on the telly and the comedy stuff, and there was it was everywhere. But this wasn't casual racism. This was more than that. And I couldn't cope with it. I didn't like the other stuff, the kind of jokes using phraseology I didn't like back then. But the worst stuff, the stuff that was really vitriolic, I just couldn't cope with. So I couldn't shut up about it. So I was a wee bit earnest. Actually, I find I've come on here and I've made Terry even sound a wee bit earnest today, which I never thought I could do. (laughs) 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 Um, But I'm not most of the time. But... When it's time to stand up and do these things, you have to stand up and do these things. But it's understanding where where people are coming from and the difficulty. You make a great point about social media. The players are scared and they kinda of always have been. And back in the day it was they were scared of getting their words twisted by the red tops, right? That's just what they were scared of. So they were very monosyllabic, they they'd give a little very little away and, and use the cliches. Now if you get one word that can be adapted, um, you've, it's on it's on everybody's camera phone. You're going to get done for it, and you're going to get hammered. Um, now, if you do something really wrong, like you kick kick a cat, sorry, cut. But you know, if you do something wrong, you're going to get done. But sometimes you don't even need to do it. You just need to be slightly out of place. But I love the conversation we have. Can I take it back a wee bit? Because I can feel social media without going, oh, what you people. 
you don't understand because you're having a go at players not, you know, being able to speak. And we, we understand that our, my life is not lived in social media. A lot of these youngsters are. They are living there. And if you are damned in social media, you're just damned. That's your life. That's how you see your life. We come from a completely different sphere. And I've watched it with my kids going through it and trying to explain to them. It's not really that important. There is a real life out there and it's kind of quite yeah. good if you go and have a look at it. But yeah. they're, they're the first generation to try and learn this. So I try to get that and understand. One other thing, right, which we need to be, right, we'll dump the earnestness in a minute, right? But you you were talking about, you know, I would have, a player would have another player up against the wall shouting him. He didn't try, right? The world's moved on. Um, bullying can be a lot less now what considered bullying is a lot less now than it was back then. So even shouting and bawling at people, I don't think there's, I think there's some players that i.e. wouldn't cope but wouldn't accept it. Mm. And there's the debate, is that right? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Society and culture's moving. And well, i tell you what, I did a gig the other, uh, when was it, Friday? Uh, last Friday, yeah. And um, I just happened to do, I did this thing where I turned around and talked to myself. But anyway, um, I turned back and a girl had got up and moved. Uh, it, I wasn't enjoying myself, to be honest with you. But um, And I went, oh, oh, she's gone. And I said, it's like it's like when you're at school, isn't it? Like a tray, you know, when the, the teacher would get the tray of objects and they'd show you the objects and then you'd look at them and then she'd put the tea, or he would put the, the tea towel over, remove an object, right, and then show you and you'd have to guess or observe what had gone missing and i said inevitably it was always the banana right and i said so looks like the banana's gone for a wee right it's just a flippant silly joke right nothing i'm, I'm kid, ahead of you here <laughs> this kid he's already looking at me going um so what, what are you saying are you saying she's a banana and i'm going no i'm not saying and i'm like straight away they all these that that exactly what you're talking about are all looking at me these young kids not all young kids but just this particular room of you know, you can't say that kind of brigade. And I was like, I, yeah, but I just, I, and I was like, oh my God, I'm in a place that I never thought I'd ever be in as a comic or as a human being that everyone was going, yeah, well, why are you calling her a banana? Yeah. And I'm going, I, but I'm not, I'm just, yeah. oh, and he, and, then he, and then he goes, yeah, well, you've, you slipped into that one, didn't you? And I went, well, because it was an easy peeler, wasn't it? But it's like, you know, when you're starting to go, oh man. I'm not, I'm not for this I'll be world anymore. You, I used to do quite a lot of after dinner stuff, and it's no fun unless you can take it near the edge. Yeah, that's got to take it to, to a place. That's not even taking it to the edge, know, is it? I'm talking about an observation and a banana. If they really, if I really took it to the edge, because I'd already felt the room. I mean, if I really took it to where I go to, it might walk to crazy world. They would have, they would have probably walked out. To be honest, yeah, with you. that's and that's why I don't, they wouldn't listen. That's the thing, Pat. It's it's knee jerk. It's just knee jerk. It's 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 they it's it's like it's loaded to some people. You know, they want to go. Well, hold on a second. You can't say that. You go. I'm not even saying anything yet. Yeah. No, but I, we, I we're in a very interesting place. I'm a, yeah, so I've always been a comedy fanatic for stand-ups. Like, and when you're talking about taking things places, I love Jerry Sadovitz. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, well, well, that's, that's a whole I debate, am. isn't it? Right, that's so, a whole debate from last last Edinburgh, isn't exactly. it? I mean, that... So, I mean, I know where I am, but it's a shame, though, because culturally just now, I just think, well, I'm not enjoying that, so I, I don't mm. do it as much. But it's a shame. But what you then do is... Uh, is then you write because then you, you've got complete control. That's why I've been writing a lot because I thought, well, okay, I'm not putting my, uh, you know, creative ideas that direction. 
what other direction have I got? And I just started writing. Um, well, I've, do, I've always written, but two books in a couple of years. Uh, and that's kind of the way around it. But even so, I would say in a space of two years, there's maybe one phrase already from my previous book that it would have now to be taken out because language wow. and culture has changed. And it's really weird. It's it's hard for anyone to keep up. <laughs> well, this is the point, though, isn't it? When you talk about comics as well, I know we've gone off topic here a bit, but when you talk about comics as well, I, dare, I put myself in the way here. Aren't we the ones that are supposed to get up and say things for people to go, yeah, yeah, someone's saying it. Unfortunately now... I will always say what I want to say, but that. But I'm of an age now where if you if you were younger and I was looking at this guy here, I'd be going, "Oh yeah, look at this old bloke talking stuff he doesn't understand." And you're going, "Well, I do understand it." It's. I, I find it a funny time. It's a very very weird time, Pat. And, and as you say in your in your book, if people read the first book, um, it, it's a great book, man. And the opening to the whole thing of that is about. Uh, the guy that you were uh, working for or with and him saying, can you just do it like this? Because we'll get clicks, we'll get hits. You know, and Pat rightly says in the book, I went, um, no. <laughs> but that's not you being a, that's not you being anarchic or, or radical. That's just you being uh, an artist, if you like, really going, well, why would I want to just do that for clicks? I'm, there's no point in me being here then if I'm not sharing something that's a bit different. Can what I ask what would be the point? Can I ask Jonathan the same question then? When Good you're question doing commentary, does it ever jump into your head that, that you, the the unex the the undeliberate error that comes out? Because I'm I, I do cold comments with people all the time, and now and again the odd one you think, oh, you nearly got everybody on your back there. Yeah. Well, this is just very quickly. This has happened. I mean, this happened, didn't it, with uh, Martin Tyler last yeah. weekend? Yeah. And all he said was about a, a son. Is he made some sort of challenge and he went, oh, he's taking that for, for, for martial arts. And that, and then, they, whoa, hold on a second. Listen, I, I've known Martin for 40 years. Martin's the furthest man away from racism that I would... That's not even racist. No. It's He'd be devastated by this. To answer Pat's question, yeah, you do all the time. You have to, you have to think, you know, you have to think all the time, what am I saying? Am I saying, you know, we've been on these ridiculous courses where you're not allowed to... You know, well, this, the example was Lukaku. If you call Lukaku an athlete, you're being racist. What a nonsense. What an absolute nonsense. I called Lukaku an athlete in commentary because he's an absolutely unbelievable athlete. So and if I called Declan Rice an athlete, am I being racist the other way? No, it's it's a nonsense. So now you have to qualify everything you're saying. And... Um, you have to say there's an athlete, but he's also got a football brain. I mean, why why do you have to qualify these things? I don't understand. Why do people have, think they have the right to be outraged all the time? But the other thing is, in a, in a commentary, and people slag me off now because I put different things into a commentary. I try to make a commentary, especially on the radio, which I love. I love, I love radio passionately and always have done. But you've got a little bit more time. So I'll add a story in from the past, an anecdote from the past. And then a lot of people love it and a lot of people don't. They just stick to the names. What do they want? Do they just want Nevin, Speedy, Dixon, goal, 1-0? Oh. Do they just want that? Or do they, you know, they want you to put in, you know, something, a little anecdote about... David Speedy being an unbelievable firebrand. Do you know what I mean? Or do they, it, it just adds it and people criticise you all the time. Or humour, you know, don't put humour into it. But honestly, you're walking, you're, it's a minefield, Pat, and I've seen the best, I've had the best of it. Do you know what I mean? And I've, I've, I'm lucky enough to 
of of known people like Pat and of worked with people like Pat and the new ones coming through don't have that experience of knowing the managers, the old managers like we have, the older what the older commentators and they'll, they'll never have that because it's too separate now. I did two thousand and two with Pat. All right, we were in Korea. Japan. It wasn't my favourite World Cup. But I sat with Pat and we were doing commentaries and we talk about South Korean culture and places where we were. Mm. And people were going, what? what is this? What is this? What, you know, why aren't they just talking about the, the United States of America left back? But mm. you, you, it, we were in a World Cup. I'd never seen anything like that World Cup. It was, it was unusual mm. in the fact it was played in, it was really the first in my lifetime playing in a cultural, completely different world. So I think you had to embrace I, that. I, Maybe I, I'm wrong, I, boys. I, I love no. that. I have to love I absolutely love that World Cup. And to be honest, um, you have got this next book coming out in two or three weeks, right? So it's it's called Football and How to Survive It, right? And it's basically the last part of my career. But see, I'll tell you a secret now, and I shouldn't do this, but I just can't help being honest oh, about these things, good. right? I've, it's, it was always going to be a trilogy, these, this set of books that I'm writing just now. So the first one's gone, we should... Really nice about um, second one is this one coming out in June. The third one was always going to be a travelogue of all the places I went post football, with all the, the commentators, with all the World Cups, with all the stories, with the cultural things we've seen. I kind of I really wanted to write that one first because some of the stories that we have when we travel we're about, honestly, we could and we we could spend and indeed have spent many, many nights and weeks talking about those memories of those things. Yeah. And do you want to try and give some of the listeners a little bit of a your angle on me nearly dying in South Korea? Terry, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in a place called Jeju, right? It's, it's the South Korean Honeymooners Island. And there was a stadium. It didn't last long. I think it blew down the following winter in a storm anyway. So we're and it's like a James Bond beach. You had to go down a rickety old staircase. There's monkeys over here and jungle and everything. A tiny little cove. And we're down there. And Pat was a very good swimmer when he was a boy. And uh, it, 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 I'm, the sea looks perfect, you know. And, and I'm sitting there. I was reading a Robert Ludlum book. I remember it because I remember, I remember the book. He goes into the sea and he's off and he's... he's Scottish international swimmer, whatever he was, and all this sort of stuff. And he's swimming from left to right, and I'm reading the book, and as he's swimming from left to right, the hand goes up in the air, and I go, yeah, wave back at him, yeah, yeah, no problem, Pat, yeah, but I'm reading my book, don't interrupt me, please. So he's carried on going, another 100 yards, waves again, oh, fucking hell, Pat, yeah, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, don't interrupt me, don't interrupt me. So he's carried on going, he's carried on going, he's carried on going. He's gone. He's gone again. I'll take over at this point. From my position, I'm saying... Jonathan, I can't get in. <laughs> I'm, I'm caught in a riptide. <laughs> There's no way back. And I'm, I am struggling here because <laughs> I'm a decent swimmer. Also, the waves were in such a way that they just crashed you. And killed you. So there was no way in. And you remember, you're in the South Seas here. Oh. There are things that are swimming about out there that are not pleasant, right? And I'm okay, I'll swim, I'll swim anywhere and always do. And after a while, your mind's telling you the same thing. And I'm shouting, Jonathan, help, help, help. Of course, waves crashing. You can't hear you. All he can do is wave back. <laughs> so I thought, oh, sh So you have to do it. And I don't know if you know, most listeners should know what you do. You go with the rep. You go right. with the rep type. Right, right. So yeah. you, ha you have to go out with it. And it's, it's horrible. You think, oh, God. Because eventually it'll take you, then it should bring you back down. And right, it, it, right, right. Smashing me on the rocks about... 
nailed down there. And they were rocks, by the way. <laughs> and they were rocks. And I've come up and I've got rips and all that on my legs. And, and I thought, I've just cheated death there. Oh. JP says, enjoy your swim. He <laughs> <laughs> died, you get <laughs> You just washed me. I can't believe it. Jonathan has also told a story where it doesn't involve him drinking anything, which is amazing. <laughs> we, we, we went to a market. I know we've got time is short. I want to get on to the next we're, book coming we're, up. We're, we, we are really short for time, actually, right. believe it or not. This we, has flown by. Has. I don't we, want to we, be we rude. Really, we'll, about, we'll have to do it again, Pat, and talk about Chelsea and Everton. That. But um, back, you know, and, and the promotion and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But we went to this village in Jeju, Terry, and uh, with Big John Murray. And wherever John went with you in, in that in that Far East World Cup was such... It was it was it was just natural humour because John Murray's the tallest man on earth, and right. uh, you know, and all these people were just like in awe of John. So we were going to this jungle. There's some sort of market going on, and and we went to that. We went to a little sort of stall thing, and the woman, a huge, great sort of cauldron, and uh, she's stirring this cauldron around. Pat, can you remember? And we oh, I know, I remember it very well. And uh, we, we wondered what she smelled enticing, right? So we thought we'd have to, we'll have a bowl of this. And anyway, she's gone out. She's dipped this label in, Pat, didn't she? Right at the bottom, and she's pulled up something from Jurassic. The hog's head, it's entire up. head with eyes. Oh. I mean, oh, same thing oh. happened to me in Iraq when I I tried to get some food in, in Baghdad, and I went to and she she turned the the, the ladle, and all that I could see was eyes. It was ice, oh, too. I thought, oh. maybe not, maybe not. But these, the great things is we would love to do. And I'm certainly, I shouldn't be trying to talk about the Vicom just writing now. We should be mm. talking about the one that's coming out. But in actual fact, it's, it's one of the real joys of being involved in the entire industry in football is that forever people do moan about it and nag about it. If you dig, if you're an outsider and you're a wee bit inside, it is absolutely joyous to see the weirdness with an outsider's eye. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of yeah. one of the great things that I've found about all the years in the football. That, uh, yeah, I was a complete outsider, but I like the guys that were fine. They were cool. It's okay. But what's, in the new, what's in the new book? What's in the new book? Uh, well, it takes, it takes starts off basically the day the other one finishes. So, hey, secret again between you and I, right? Nobody's listening. Hmm. Um, it's the same book. I didn't <laughs> stop writing. I kept going. All right. Okay. <laughs> I just cut it. And, right. and this takes me to the end of my career, which madness of being chief exec and player at Motherwell, which which was wild. Uh, Tim Kilmarnock, four years at Tranmere, PFA chairman, um, a whole lot of other things going on in life as well. Um, and it was just, you know, I really wanted to do that and do it justice. I didn't want to write a book and give 10 minutes, uh, two pages to Tranmere at the end. So mm-hmm. that's all on that one. But hopefully there's a good few laughs in this one as well. Um, before I go into the, the third one, <laughs> get this one. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll put we'll, we'll we'll put the links we'll put the links and everything up on on our on our Twitter, where we've got three million followers. Ow. We haven't, Pat. We haven't. And if you do want to follow us, it's at JPNT Football. Uh, we we've we're gonna have to do this again, Pat. We're gonna have to do this again because we've got so much to talk about. This is this is. I mean, we've got this is it. We've 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 smashed through it. I mean. And we've we've been political, haven't we? Look at us all on our on our on our <laughs> felt like we were down Regent's Park on on a, on a milk a milk uh, crate if they still have those things. Um, thanks ever so much for coming on, mate. It's, it's, it's ab- been absolute, absolute pleasure. And honestly, the worst thing you can do is certainly when I come on anywhere is prepare questions. You're wasting your time. 
I've been listening to your podcast already. I love the way you do it. It just oh, great. let it flow, Thanks, let it chat, let go where it goes, man. That's why people like it. Just before we go, he'll be, he'll be intensely angry with me now because I do this every time. Just behind uh, it, the audience can't see this. Every behind time you, he behind does you, it. Behind Pat Nevin on his book, I've just seen yeah. it now. It's a book called Peel. And um, John Peel was his great, one of your great heroes, Pat, wasn't it? And again, and friends. Uh, yeah. And knowing that about you, and knowing the influence of Morrissey and all the independents. And see, see, it's unbelievable. Do, it's unbelievable. We've got to do, we got, Pat, will you come and do another one with us? Would you do that? Uh, uh, Any team. What's the new book anything. called? A new right. one, new book's called uh, Football and How to Survive It. Oh, um, right. okay. And that I'm right. talking to you now, I kind of did survive it. There's a kind of like giveaway clue. But um, it's, it's, that, it's not that type of survival. It's survival with your mentality. In, in in place uh, because of the madness that was going around uh, but it's I, I really hope people like it you know what I don't care how many people buy it I just care that the people who buy it like it that's yeah, it that's right um, brilliant way to finish people like the last one so hopefully they'll like this one fantastic Pat thanks for coming on mate and uh, we'll, we'll, we've got to do this again because I want to talk about all that other stuff as well <laughs> yeah. outside of football Pat Nevin well done thanks so very much Jonathan Cheers. and everyone for listening and uh, thanks a lot we'll speak to you again sometime probably Monday bye bye Sports Social Podcast Network Hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino coincidence I think not everybody's loving having fun with it Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary BGW. void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus.